970-WATH-97.3 as well over on the FM side. Good morning, folks. It's May 12th of Friday. 9.09 now. I'm Dave Palmer. Don Holbert's here, too. And as I said, we've got a free-for-all today. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Welcome. And um, let's see here. Let's just do our normal stuff on this day in history, right? Um, on this very date in 1789, Wilber- William Wilberforce makes his first major speech on abolition in the United Kingdom, House of Commons, reasoning the slave trade morally reprehensible in an issue of natural justice. Heavy duty. Very. Yeah. William Wilberforce, do you... What, um, you know, I, I'm the international stories are not my strength for man for and from that. How am I trying to say this? And as far as that goes, history isn't really my strength. But, um, William Wilberforce, what do they what do you have on this person? He was a British politician, philanthropist. Philanthropist. Oh my God. Philanthropist. <laughs> yes, I can't say it. And leader of the movement to abolish the slave trade, a native of Kingston upon Hull, Yorkshire. He began his political career in 1780, eventually becoming an independent member of parliament for Yorkshire. Fair enough. Skipping ahead a hundred and a half years to 1940, on this very date, Nazi Blitzkrieg and conquest of France begins with the crossing of the. Um, is it Moose River? M-U-E-S-E. I'm not sure the pronunciation, but that happened on this date in 1940. Three years later, on this very date, Axis forces in North Africa surrender. 2002, on this date, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter arrives in Cuba for a five-day visit with Fidel Castro becoming the first president of the United States in or out of office to visit the island since Castro's 1959 revolution. I like Cuba. Yeah, but um, I've been there twice. Okay, 2008 on this very date, the Wenchuan earthquake measuring 7.8 in magnitude, occurs in Sichuan, China. I heard that yawn. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. But up since four. (laughs) So that earthquake um, in China on this date in 2008 killed over 87,000 people, injuring... 374,643 and leaving homeless between 4.8 million and 11 million. That's a big range and it's odd that we don't have a little more zeroed in figure but either any way you look at it 
This was horrific. The Wenchuan earthquake in China on 2008. Well, let's see here. That takes us to some birthdays. Uh, hmm. Okay, Florence Nightingale. She was born, born on this date in 1820, and she went on to live until 1910, so 90 years. Florence Nightingale. She was an English social reformer, a statistician, and the founder of modern nursing. She came to prominence while serving as a manager and trainer of nurses during the Crimean War, in which she organized care for wounded, sto wounded soldiers at Constantinople. Yeah. Um, another person we've heard a good bit about over the years is Catherine Hepburn, actress, of course. Um, she was born on this date in 1907. She passed in 2003. Uh, name a couple shows. Um, mo mo some of her famous movies, On Golden Pond, The African Queen, Summertime, The Philadelphia Story, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Bringing Up Baby, and Rooster Cog Cogburn. Most of those I'm familiar with, very. All right, um, going uh, farther back, um, this name I don't know, maybe I should. Jules Massenet or Masonet? Um, Masonet? I, I'm just not sure of the pronunciation. Um, Jules was born on this date in 1842, died in 1912. He was a French composer of the Romantic era, best known for his operas, of which he wrote more than 30, and the two most frequently staged are Manon and Werther. Okay. I have forgotten. And the last uh, to be mentioned in the way of famous birthdays, Dorothy Hodgkin. And um, H-O-D-G-K-I-N is her last name. Born on this date in 1910. And then she passed in 1994. I, that name is not at all familiar to me. She was a Nobel Prize-winning British chemist who advanced the technique of X-ray crystallography to determine the structure of biomolecules, which became essential for structural biology. Wow. Well, that's heavy duty. All right. Now, let's see. Two famous deaths are uh, mentioned here in our report today. Um... Let's see, um, J.E.B. Stewart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Um, he's got a huge beard. Um, he was born uh, in 1833, but died on this date in 1864. Mr. Stewart. He was an Army officer from Virginia who became a Confederate States Army general during the Civil War. And he was known to his friends as Jeb from the initials of his given names. And his serious work made him the trusted eyes and ears of Robert E. Lee's army and inspired Southern morale. There you go. Joseph Pisudski. Pisudski? Uh, something to that effect. P-I-T-S-U-D-S-K-I. His last name. Joseph. He um, was born in 1807, but he died on this date in 1935. Um, boy, that's um, another military guy, right? Mm-hmm. 
He was a Polish statesman who served as the Chief of State and First Marshal of Poland, and in the aftermath of World War I, he became an increasingly dominant figure in Polish politics and exerted significant influence on shaping the country's foreign policy. Um, let's see, here's a blurb that... Um, let's see, they're teasing it with the Queen who never saw her realm. And they go on, born in Spain, married in Cyprus, died in France. This wife of a warrior king was never to set foot in the land where she was hailed as queen. Hmm. Well, what country would that have been? We don't, we don't even have her name, do we? No. Just a sort of a teaser line. Well, I guess we'll just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. All right. Well, what are some of the headlines in the news this morning? And I think I just found it. Oh, how'd you do that? I just looked up the queen who never saw her realm, and it came up a uh, Spanish princess, Berengaria. I'm not sure how you say that. But uh, she married a king on this day and is believed to have never to have been the only queen in history ne never to have set foot in her realm. Her husband was Richard the Lionheart, King Richard I of England, and they were married in Cyprus. Hmm. Well, so even though she was born in Spain, you see, her husband was the king of what? King of England. England. Well, anyway, fair enough. Good job. All right, and headlines. Um, with the pandemic restrictions lifted, thousands converge on our border. The a policy known as Title 42 that allowed rapid expulsions of migrants ended Thursday night. But border cities had already seen, uh, been seeing a spike in migration. Um, this morning I was watching the news and um, boy, they had some uh, film or video, whatever you want to call it, pictures, there you go of um, just thousands and thousands of people seeking to migrate to the United States. And um, that um, migration thing uh, expired at midnight last night, what they called Title 42. Now, um, there is such a huge number that they're saying, listen, there's, there's a process. And say you decide to try to migrate, immigrate to the U.S. without going through that process. Then um, you'll be expelled and you'll have a waiting period before your documents could properly be processed. So it's like um, saying, you know, if you try to come in without proper permission, 
we're going to delay your legitimate entry down the road. Complicated. But man, lots and lots of people. Um, let's see here. This is related to this. Um, what's driving record levels of migration to the U.S. border, they ask. The United States is trying to curtail border crossings as a COVID-era immigration policy lifts this week, but has little control over the crises in Latin America that have upended the lives of millions. Um, so as the emergency ends, um, a look at COVID's U.S. death toll. The country has recorded one, more than 1.1 million deaths from COVID. And um, I just recently got um, information saying that if you're over, I think it was 65 years of age, but don't hold me to that, check it, that I can be re-vaccinated. Um, and um, I don't know if it's the same as I got the last time or it's something new or what. But uh, if you're over 65, I think they're now asking you to get yet another. So I, I hope I'm accurate on that. But I'm going to make an inquiry and do what they suggest. All right, world news. Let's see here. Okay, so once again, who gets in? It's a guide to America's chaotic border rules. New restrictions on asylum will lead many migrants to be deported, but others will still get into the United States. And um, the New York Times has written a um, um, very detailed article about this. And so they're, they're trying to um, promote readers of that article. So if you want to know a very good review of it, not good as in great news, but good as in accuracy, um, New York Times this morning, you can Google it. Um... Clarence Thomas. Uh, you know, he's um, a justice to the U.S. Supreme Court. And uh, to some, he, you, they might describe him recently as being scandal-prone. <laughs> um, well, what... Um, do you recall um, the nature of the scandals? I know one of them that was just recent was like he was getting like paid, um, or he was getting like some sort of money from a backer or something like that, and it was like for having a taking a certain position. You mean? Well, like taking vacations to some place. Oh, from like that's a big, right. That's right. That's one I remember. Yeah, you know. 
Um, yeah, Harlan Crow. That's what it was. A conservative billionaire friend who has donated millions to Republicans and organizations dedicated to nudging the federal courts to the right. Well, in the opinion section of the New York Times this morning, um, one of their writers simply said, what, what if we just paid him a, a million bucks, you know, and ask him to leave? Something to that effect. So if that catches your uh, interest, again, the New York Times. Um, back to these migrants who are seeking asylum in our nation um, along Mexico's northern border, right? Um, I guess a number of them have simply been sleeping under tarps for days along the border wall between Tijuana, Mexico and San Diego. Um... Golly. Um, well, let's see. The House, House of Representatives, has passed a border security bill, but um, this is um, what they're calling a Republican-sponsored bill that would crack down on unlawful immigration. It passed, I think, yesterday. The vote was 219 to 213. <laughs> Pretty close. And uh, I, I guess President Biden has uh, at least verbally said he's considering vetoing it. And... Um, Let's see, Senator McCarthy, right? Um, he has been blasting away since this yesterday. Um, the White House for taking that uh, verbal position. And we have another story kind of related to all of this, and it says... Uh, Mayorkas warns migrants as Title 42 ends. So Alexander Mayorkas, he's our, um, the head of our Homeland Security. I, I guess his title is Homeland Security Secretary. Um, he has attempted to dissuade migrants from illegally crossing into the United States, saying, do not risk your life and your life savings. All right. I think I saw a TV interview with him. I don't know if it was recorded or live, but it was this morning. And um, he looked pretty somber in, with what we're being faced with. That should be expected. World News. Let's see here. Zelensky, citing equipment gaps, says it's too soon for counteroffensive. Zelensky, of course, is Ukraine's president. And he played down the chance of an 
imminent military move, but the claim was greeted with some skepticism. Let's move on to Israel and Gaza, trading fire amid ceasefire talks. That's not good. Anyway, after the militant organization Islamic Jihad fired hundreds of projectiles at Israel, Israeli forces stepped up its campaign of killing top commanders of the group in airstrikes. Turkey, the nation, um, they're having an election, and this is entitled What You Need to Know. So uh, Sunday was the election, last Sunday, and its vote is the toughest for President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. During his 20 years as the country's premier politician, the withdrawal of one of his three challengers made it even tougher. Um, I guess I've not been following this. This was kind of a surprise when I read it this morning. But uh, time will tell, right? Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. Oh, the Supreme Court has thrown out fraud convictions in Albany scandals. And we're not talking about Albany, Ohio. We're talking about New York, the state of New York. In a pair of unanimous rulings, the court sided with Joseph Percoco, a former aide to Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, and Louis uh, Simonelli, a contractor in Buffalo. I'm not sure I'm completely familiar with this story. I'm, I'm not sure uh, I know it too either. Yeah. Um... But anyway, um, it sounds like the Supreme Court, um, and, and I'm guessing this is the New York Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court, um, um, is sort of favoring the person that's accusing them. It's actually the U.S. Supreme Court. No kidding. Okay. So many things I don't know. So they ruled nine to zero in favor of Joseph Percoco. Wow. Hmm. Well, all right. Must not have a very good case. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. Families of those lost to COVID wrestle with mixed emotions as the emergency ends. As we mentioned earlier, more than 1.1 million Americans died of COVID. An official end to the health emergency has landed in complicated ways for those affected most acutely. Um, is, as I understand it, you know, you had to file uh, within a certain period of time, 
um, and they're concerned that this official ending of the emergency uh, might put more limitations on filings that could have taken place had they been done so earlier. Politics. Um, here's a headline that says, Trump's second term goal, shattering the norms he didn't already break. That's kind of weird. The former president made it clearer than ever this week that on issues including the Ukraine, the economy, and the rule of law, his return of office would lead to a sharp departure from core American values. Sounds like the Times is taking a stand there. The, the House has approved stringent GOP border bill and in doing so attacking Biden on immigration. The legislation, which seeks to revive, codify, and stiffen a series of border policies pursued by the Trump administration, was timed to be considered on the eve of an expected border surge. There you go again. Told you I'm tired. <laughs> you got to get some rest, man. Okay. How about business news? The Bank of England has raised interest rates to the highest level in 15 years. The central bank, that's in England, lifted its benchmark rate a quarter point to 4.5% as part of an aggressive policy to tame inflation, but forecast that Britain was likely to avoid a recession. Elon Musk says he has a new chief executive officer for Twitter. Musk is in talks about the role with Linda Vaccari Vaccarino, there we go, who is chairman of Global Advertising and Partnerships at NBC Universal. Um, so. Uh, did you know, uh, you know, one of the um, taxes we pay are property taxes, mm -hmm. if we own a property. Um, I was unaware of this, but China doesn't have such a thing. No property tax. I didn't know that either. And there's a story in the Times this morning saying that local governments are sinking further into debt in China. But after years of talk, officials have yet to introduce a real estate tax there. Chiplets. The United States focuses on invigorating chiplets to stay cutting edge in technology. Chiplets, a way to design chips for higher performance, has become a key prong of U.S. industrial policy. But pushing for more of this activity domestically is challenging. 
Um, I'm hope I hope I'm 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 going to make a few comments here, and I think I'm not too far off. In Ohio, one of the key spots being developed for chips and chiplets is New Albany, Ohio, <laughs> which is just east of Columbus. Um, before you get to, um, oh shucks, um, <laughs> oh Granville, there we go, I finally got it in my head. <laughs> And I spent a lot of time in Granville because years ago I worked for Sally Jones Sexton, who owned the Granville Inn, and she had that beautiful farm that now the um, basket people own. And um, anyway, uh, so New Albany, Ohio, there is a huge chip plant being built there. It's already there in a smaller fashion, but it is like, I don't know how many times much larger they're building. And then because of that, some other chip companies have now started to center in New Albany. Oh, well. Chiplets. And when you think of chips, these are kind of plug-in integrated circuits. And they're not always plug-ins. Some of them are um, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, soldered in. But um, the newest thing is to have them in little sockets. Now a chip can have any number of prongs. And um, perhaps the most common has um, 16 prongs? I don't know. But um, as, chiplets, as chips can be improved upon, uh, more companies are using the plug-in type so that as a chip is made better, it can simply be unplugged and the new one replaces it. Chiplets are little pieces of chips that can be replaced. So now you have maybe the chip plugging in and chiplets plugging into it. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. All right. Um... Taiwan is running low on strategic asset engineers. Taiwan's world-dominating microchip sector was built by TSMC's skilled employees. But a, a demographic crisis, let me try that again, but a demographic crisis demanding work culture and flagging interests threatens its lead. Well, let's focus some on the arts. Well, let's do sports first. 
Um, the organizers of the this summer's coming no next summer's coming Olympics in 2024, the Summer Games. Um, for it's going to be held in Paris, and. I guess they've decided to use a river for some of the swimming events. And so, uh, the city of Paris is trying to clean up one of its rivers to the point that it would be safe for the Olympics as well as uh, after the Olympics, continuing to be a swimming place for the public. Well, the job has turned out to be huge. And um, they're struggling. So we'll see maybe down the road if it all works out. Well, let's see here. In the arts, um, Beyonce, okay? Um, if for a short description of Beyonce, what would you do? Would you say she's a singer? Yeah, singer pretty much. <laughs> is she an actress? Um, becoming one, eh? I don't. I don't know if she has. I don't know if she is an actress or not. Well, I, anyway, I'd say I know she's mainly just like a singer, performer. Okay. Beyonce returns to the stage with a Renaissance spectacle. The pop superstar opened her first solo tour in seven years. She did so in Stockholm and performed tracks from her acclaimed 2022 album, but left most of the choreography to her dancers. Okay. Let's see. Van Gogh in the cons Consolation of Trees, a revelatory show at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, reunites 24 paintings of cypresses, and unchains them from their somber associations. I think I need to look more into that. All right. Let's see. Undaunted by air raids, a Ukrainian duo gets ready for Eurovision. The story goes on with a song inspired by the bravery of Ukrainian soldiers. The pop group Dvorchi, T-V-O-R-C-H-I. However that's pronounced, Dvorchi, I'll go with that. See, I've never even heard of them. <laughs> sees the beloved, often campy, global song competition as a serious opportunity to represent their country. This is a Ukrainian duo that's very popular, but 
neither Don nor I have heard of. <laughs> All right. What about the movie world? By the way, it's 9.45. I, I guess I haven't said this yet. Um, let me just hit the refresh here. Um, 65 degrees outside our studio. Very hazy. We don't have any sunshine presently. And uh, there's a mention that the high will probably be 80 degrees today. Once again, we're 65 right now. And there's a, a, a likelihood that we're going to see some rain showers. Scattered, they say, but nevertheless. All right? Um, yeah. Okay, so we were talking about um, movies, or getting started to. Um, let's see. Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you see, the Back to the Future Star Time Travels. Star? No, no, no. Let's do this better. The Back to the Future Star Time Travels Through His Career in This Documentary, Charting His Experiences Learning to Live with Parkinson's. Critics are um, saying this is a good um, story. Not a, not a happy story necessarily, but very compelling. Um, let's see. Yogi Berra. Um, critics have said it ain't over. This is some sort of um, documentary of Yogi Berra, baseball player. And um, it says, when Yogi Berra saw a strike, he hit it. <laughs> They go on the baseball player, known for his quirky malapropisms. Malapropisms. One word. The sentence goes on, was perpetually underestimated, but a new documentary proves he was a phenomenal talent. Malapropinism is the mistaken use of a word in place of a similar sounding one, often with unintentionally amusing effect, as in, for example, dance a flamingo instead of flamenco. Oh. Well, I guess if we looked at uh, quotes from uh, Yogi Berra, we'd find some of those. <laughs> Try it. Um... Let's see, another story in the uh, movies category. Monica Review. Mother and daughter both alike in dignity. Um, so Tracy Lissette and Patricia Clarkson star in this subtle chamber drama. And the critics are uh, saying it's a good thing. I mean, a good, uh, they, they're, they're giving it a positive review. Um, 
Any Yogi Berra Malag, what was that term? Malagorisms or something? Malpersism. I can't even say it now. Malpersism. Okay. I don't know. The only ones I can find are just like random like quotes, but they're not the like if you come to a fork in the road, take it. You can observe a lot by watching, and it's deja vu all over again. But I don't think those are. Well, he did have some very yeah. interesting. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find some phrases. All right, let's see here. Blackberry review. Big D. Big dreams. Little keyboards. The struggle to sell a revolutionary gizmo fractures of friendship in this lively, bittersweet comedy. Blackberry. All right, book club. The next chapter review. Cinema. Pino Grigio, Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenburgen. Uh, take a trip to Italy and don't read as much in this comedy sequel. Um, just that lineup. It's got to be good, you know? Then there's another called The Mother. And uh, at the heart of this action thriller, an expert killer, played by Jennifer Lopez, must rescue her daughter at all costs. So the New York Times has reviewed that film. I found one for the Yogi Berra. Okay. Uh, he says, Texas has a lot of electrical votes instead of electoral votes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Striking workers find their villain. Netflix. Fear of protests prompted the streaming giant to shift an anticipated presentation for advertisers to virtual event and a top executive to skip an honorary gala. In another story about the media, how MTV broke news for a generation. MTV News bridged a gap between news and the pop culture without, take, um, without talking down to its younger audience. And um, MTV, as I understand it, is about to shut down. And uh, some of the people that were involved in MTV, Kurt Loder, uh, Tabitha Th Soren, Sway Calloway, and some others reflect on MTV's legacy. CNN chairman defends his decision to host the Trump town hall. This is a quote. People woke up and they know what the stakes are in this election in a way that they didn't the day before. That quote's from uh, Chris Licht, L-I-C-H-T, which was um, something he, he was quoted as saying, um, this morning in a call at a network uh, to the network CNN 
Um, the EPA, and th this would be under, I don't know, science or industry, I guess. The EPA has proposed the first limits on climate pollution from existing power plants. I don't agree with that. Um, first limits, no. The power plants that I'm aware of all have been under the EPA watch for years. And some of those um, um, measurements have been tightened up. But anyway, here's what the New York Times is saying. In the, in the last, it's the last in a string of major regulations proposed by Biden administration to sharply cut the greenhouse gases produced by the United States. Well, that's correct. But I think the headline itself is not very accurate. Because it says the EPA has proposed its first limits on climate pollution. Oh, well. Um, as the COVID, um, let's see here. No, we've already done this story. Oh, here's an odd one. The Food and Drug Administration eases the ban on blood donations from gay and bisexual men. But men who had multiple sex partners or were taking PRP medications in the last three months would still be barred from donating blood. Huh. So much I don't know about. Sam Gross, who was 89 years of age, died. He was a prolific pur purveyor of cartoons. And some of them were very tasteful. Others, eh, so not so much. <laughs> he worked for the New Yorker and especially the National Lampoon, right? And he was unafraid to offend people, but his primary goal was to make them laugh. And he did. Well, Sam Gross died in the last day or two. Hmm. Okay. Theodore Diener, D-I-E-N-E-R, who discovered the tiniest of infections, infectious agents, he died in the last day or so. His age, 102. Well, what was he best known for? The cause of the potato disease bedeviled scientists for decades before Dr. Diener figured out that an impossibly small pathogen called a viroid was to blame. Nine fifty six now. Actually in eight seconds it'll be nine fifty seven.
let's see here. Here's a, in the opinions uh, section, um, there's a, um, what's the term, opinion? Uh, oh, I, suddenly I'm forgetting something. Anyway, um, New York Times has an article that basically deals with parents don't understand how far behind their kids really are in school. And that's um, pandemic-based, right? Um, so um, I know that we've had, um, you know, uh, just about all the local superintendents of our nearby school districts on the air in the last uh, several months. And they're working very hard to get those kids back up to the level they would have been had COVID not interrupted things. And um, many of them have done some really unique things. Well, um, we could go on with many more stories, but uh, we're, we're basically out of time and there isn't time to start a new one. But looking ahead to next week, what guests we're having, uh, Monday and Friday will be free-for-alls, just like today. Uh, on Tuesday of next week, Ellen Martin will be here. She will be uh, from Health Recovery Services. I think um, Ellen Martin is um, the CEO of Health Recovery Services. On Wednesday, uh, Tara Huffman, uh, she'll be here from Casa Gal, court-appointed Special, advocate, uh, special Advocates Guardian Ad Litem. And they're having a uh, Superhero 5K coming up. This is the 10th running of it. But we'll be talking about Casa Gal. And then on Thursday of next week, it'll, it's our monthly update from the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. All right, we want you each to have a safe and pleasant weekend. Enjoy the temperatures today, which will peak out at 80, 65 right now. And folks, please take care of one another, right? And uh, enjoy the weekend. We're out of time. In our 73rd year.